someone in Atlanta has to score a touchdown. It might as well be the Braves. Ooh, brother, the cream rises to the top. If you call it March Madness and have that stuff going on, man, what we almost had go down in Ohio tonight was November nuttiness. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I, your co-host, am the fact that Eli Apple is still in the NFL. And today I'm accompanied by everyone's collected shock. How are you doing today, Jared? I feel like I'm obliged to answer uh, shocked. If, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I won't lie I, that you mentioned Eli Apple. I am like, I get where it comes from. I am still a little bit taken aback by just the amount that people are ragging on this guy right now on Twitter and on social media. I, I get where it comes from, but it's just, yeah. I've never seen as many professional athletes as I have seen collectively just dump on one guy, a fellow professional athlete. You can argue whether or not he should be a professional athlete, but yeah. So I, I, I think it's funny. First of all, I think I said last year when the Bengals played, I was like, Oh, watching the Bengals play. I learned Eli Apple is still in the league, but he's bounced around. He's a journeyman cornerback. He's fine at his job. He's fine. He's not great. He's not bad. He makes a lot of mistakes, I'd say. But but the reason he's getting so much ire right now from professional athletes and fans alike is he was posting mad crap on Twitter. Yeah. And that's everybody's flamed him for it. I think it's hilarious because if if you're gonna talk smack, you gotta have the game to back it up. And Eli Apple does not. I mean, he gave up the game-winning touch. Like, uh, uh, if you haven't heard, by the way, the Rams, shout out to the Rams, won the Super Bowl. If you haven't heard that little yeah. nugget of news yet. They watched last year's Super Bowl, and much like Family Guy watching The Simpsons, they like, that's pretty cool. Let's do that. Let's not win, as cool. Let's win the big game in our own stadium in front of our own crowd. So, like I said, if anyone yep. out there has Bucks not heard it, the Bucks did it first. We'll always remember that here. But uh, the Rams most recently did it, beat the Bengals 23-20. to Very close game, very good game. But yes. uh, the aforementioned Eli Apple did give up the game-winning touchdown pass to uh, the one, the only, the Cooper Cup, uh, who ended that game with a crazy two touchdowns, almost 100 yards receiving, eight catches. That last drive, I'll get to it later, um, but it just blown away by Cooper Cup. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you, you got guys like, uh, Nicole Hardman on Kansas city who after the game tweeted at Eli Apple, uh, a little video, I guess it is of his super bowl ring that he won a few years ago with the chiefs. And he said, it's cool, big bro. You might get one of these one day, Yep. yep. but in the meantime, just go get better at your craft. And then, uh, Tyree kill just put on Twitter two words got he with a bunch of laughing emojis uh so well, i think uh i think eli apple also tagged tyree hill or tyree kill in the in the original post yeah i mean pr- probably he really went after a lot of those chiefs players after the Bengals won the afc championship over kansas city a few weeks ago and so that's where all of this uh this viscera comes from from yeah. these uh 
from these Chiefs players. But uh, I'm here for it, man. I love a little post Super Bowl drama, a little uh, a little ribbing. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, first off, if Eli Apple is in the in the league next year starting. I, I imagine he will be. I don't know that it'll be for the Bengals anymore. Yeah. Um, I think this is a perfect segue, though, to talk about our takeaways from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and no I, I'd say one that I think, you know, we both talked about it. I think Joe Burrow had that look on the his face after the game, like, we're going to be back here and no we're going to win this thing. I mean – I mean, you, you would expect that from a guy like Joe Burrow. He definitely, as we've talked about, has the it factor. And just because that he was on the losing side of this Super Bowl, I fully expect the Bengals to be a playoff team again next year. I fully expect Joe Burrow to have another outstanding season uh, coming into his third year. Uh, yeah. The Bengals could be a scary team next year, depending on what they do in the draft and the free agency and all of that. But yeah. I think – I think what they need to do to get back here and win their O-line performed a lot better than I expected, but they could not handle the long haul against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. That's they started both those guys started off slow, but they, they got the pressure when they needed it. And it, it definitely, I mean, Von Miller sacked him on the last play of the game. Yeah. If, if he hadn't gotten through, you know, maybe, maybe Burrow gets that pass off. Maybe they get that first down. Things go differently. So have you seen, uh, I think it was probably a picture taken by a fan at a good angle of that last play. Did you see how wide open? I think it was T Higgins was on that play. I have not. No, he had, he had Jalen Ramsey on the ground and he was five yards in front of him with daylight in front of him. If Joe Burrow hits that plat pass, that might be the game winning touchdown if he had just a little more time to throw. Yeah. He was looking that way too. I mean, it's all speculation, but uh, I, I, you have to like the chances if he's got enough time to throw the ball there. Yeah. Matt T Higgins was going sicko mode. <laughs> um, it, it, so before I move on, cause I do want to move on. Uh, I think to get back here, I think they need to, they need to st- Stoughton and they they did their defense did a good job but I think they need a little bit of help at cornerback if there's someone that can improve instantly by starting in the draft or in the in free agency I think they could upgrade there and then yeah their o-line um if their o-line you know can hold off a little bit better maybe yeah. it's a little bit of a different story and that kind of brings us, you know, takes us on a deep rewind to a discussion we had around draft time, you know, the whole Panay Sewell uh, debacle, whether the, you know, if the Bengals screwed up by not taking him or not. And it's really, you know, uh, six of one, half dozen to the other when you talk about that, because they did get Jamar Chase, who had an astonishing year. Um, but, you know, you gotta you gotta wonder a little bit if on that last play, uh, if the Bengals had a guy like Panay Sewell up there blocking, would Joe Burrow get that throw off? And, and then, but you know, do they even get to the Super Bowl? Exactly. Without Jamar Chase? I was just gonna say that. Do they even get to that point without Jamar Chase? So you know, it's a double-edged sword there. I don't know. We could speculate on that one all day. I agree with you that they need O-line help. I agree with you that they need secondary help. Um, yeah, that was made painfully obvious uh, on the last drive 
offensive drive by the Rams, which I want to touch on real quick. Um, yeah. I, um, but before you touch on that, cause I think it'll be part of it. I think we, so everybody is talking about the Super Bowl. Obviously most people watched it. I, I want to ask you and I'll respond as well. What's the best thing and the worst thing that each team did during the game? Oh, each team. Okay. Well, my worst yeah. thing for the Bengals is also going to be my call out. Uh, and I'm calling out Vernon Hargraves for one of the. Oh, thank you. He's my call out as well. Dude, one of the dumbest penalties I have ever seen uh, in football, period, let alone the Super Bowl. I have never seen anything like that in the Super Bowl. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Cincinnati Bengals cornerback Vernon Hargraves uh, used to be with the Texans, was. Previously, first round draft pick of the Buccaneers. Oh, was he? Okay. Yes, I have had a long hatred for Vernon Hargraves III. <laughs> well, uh, Bengals fans probably do too now because uh, he was inactive for the game on Sunday uh, on the bench in street clothes, uh, not even dressed out. The Bengals got an interception on Matthew Stafford. What was that, the second quarter, maybe late in the first, early in the game sometime. They got an interception in the end zone. A bunch of the Bengals defensive players run down to the end zone to celebrate and Vernon Hargraves, who's not even dressed out for this game, comes running over from the bench into the end zone with his teammates, jumping up and down, got the Bengals flagged for a 15-yard penalty, one of the stupidest unsportsmanlike penalties I have ever seen. To do yeah. that to your team, to cost them, and, you know, some people say, oh, it's, you know, 15-yard, it's only 15 yards in the second quarter, whatever. In the game that turned out to be a three-point game, all of that matters, okay? All of that makes a difference, and – uh it was just one of the most selfish things I've ever seen from a player in any uh, yeah. penalty in any sport, really. Like, I haven't seen that go down in the NBA Finals. I haven't seen that happen in the World Series. I haven't seen anything like that happen in a championship situation like I did on Sunday. And that just, I, was ki- like, I was shocked at that. I was like, are you kidding me? Like that, I'm surprised the Bengals didn't cut him on the spot, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm surprised. I haven't seen anything about him getting cut, but I would not be surprised if he doesn't last the week. They did show Zach Taylor's face and he was none too pleased <laughs> with that one. And he shouldn't be. That no. was just so he, unbelievably oh. brainless. Like he, just a moment of clearly not thinking at all. Um, and to do it, I mean, it just on the biggest stage in sports, unacceptable. Can't happen. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's I, I same call out. He is a grade A dingleberry <laughs> that I was I was thrilled when he got cut from the Bucks. I straight up thrilled. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about it. That is definitely my worst thing that the Bengals did in the Super Bowl. Um, my best thing that the Bengals did in the Super Bowl would probably have to be uh, the way they responded coming out of the locker room at halftime uh, to uh, literally the first play, get a touchdown to T Higgins. And we can argue that it should have been, could have been a face mask call on Jalen Ramsey on that play. Uh, and for the record, I think there should have been, but you know, what's done is done. The officials are human. Yeah. Um, to come out, get an immediate touchdown like that, take the lead. And then not even a couple plays later, intercept Matthew Stafford, get all the momentum on their side. Uh, after trailing by as many as 10 at one point in the first half. Uh, that was huge. I kind of thought at that point, and you had even texted me at that point, 
the Rams might be in trouble. They might be falling apart, coming apart at the seams a little bit. I I really thought, um, I I really thought that Joe Burrow's run where he just gets away from Aaron Donald. I thought they had gotten in the that defense's head. Honestly, I did. Yeah, I did too. I mean, the body language told me that they did. And, and you know, kudos to the Rams for weathering that storm but, and, and and whatever. But yeah. yeah and was, the thing about it is too, that's what makes, you know, guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, you know, Jalen Ramsey, some of the best in the in the business, you know, mm-hmm. arguably, I'd say arguably some future Hall of Famers on that on that Rams defense. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um that that's what makes them great. They're able to change that mindset. Um, yeah. uh, short memory, short memory, uh, which yeah. is impressive. Um, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say short memory by Matt Stafford too. You know, a quarterback that throws two interceptions, you know, like that in the super bowl yeah. before the second half even really gets going a lot of times can unravel himself. And he didn't, I mean, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute on what I was most impressed with, with him and the Rams, but yeah. Yeah. My my call out for the Bengals, I mean that worst is like just some of the discipline on the defense. Vernon Hargraves, especially. Um, you know, some of the things Eli Apple did when they were in that uh red zone situation were not the smartest. Uh but I, I will I, say I'm not defending Eli Apple, but at least Eli Apple's mistakes in the game were like in-game X's and O's mistakes, not yeah. what Vernon Hargraves did. At least he didn't do it. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But that and that's that's a okay. I you can't fault a guy for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, well, did, did, I can't remember. We've been kind of going on about the Bengals so much. Should you say what your best Bengals thing was yet? No, I I am gonna give it that I think the Bengals' best thing is. Well, I'm going to say the fact that their O-line held up so well for about three quarters. They they had no right to do as well as they did. Yeah, really. I kind of thought that the Rams were going to manhandle the Bengals in the trenches this game, and they did in the fourth quarter. But uh, that was just a classic case of an offensive line getting worn out. And I think any offensive line yeah. in the entire league – would get worn out by that Rams, uh, that, that pass rush, because man, they, this relentless all game and to hold up as well as they did for two and a half quarters and to give Joe Burrow the chances early on that he had was impressive in its own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, I mean, also Joe Burrow stayed cool. He stayed collected. He is made for this. He is made for the big stage. No doubt. I mean, he looked like he had been there four times before. And I mean, he, he's been to the college championship. That's for damn Yeah, sure. you know, won the and, national championship. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's been in big moments before, and he's been in, you know, one of the biggest now. So if nothing phased this guy this year, really nothing's going to phase him moving forward now. I mean, he's he's kind of been through the gauntlet as far as a playoff run goes. Yeah. Um, so like I said earlier, they're going to be a scary team if they do the right things this offseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's, let's get to the Rams side of things. Cause I've got a good and a bad for them too. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I'll let I'll let you go ahead. Start off. I had to think a little bit on what my worst for the Rams would be. Um, and it wasn't one thing they did. It was just something that kind of consistently happened all game. There was no running game at all for the no. Rams. They were not able to get anything going, even in situations where it was like third and one or, uh, you know, third and short they couldn't get the necessary yardage to pick up a first down a lot of times. And it was killer for a lot of their drives. They had to punt a lot, especially early on mm-hmm. and kind of in the third quarter. Um, so, you know, to not have a running game uh, show up in the Super Bowl, I would say maybe 80% of the time will cost you a chance at a championship. And they're lucky, quite frankly, that it didn't in this one because that was one of the big things that let the Bengals hang around so much uh, was the fact that they were able to, you know, bottle up the run game. And uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, was kind of the feature back for the Rams in this game. And Henderson, I think he's a good back, but, you know, him and Cam Akers just were not able to find any holes in the Bengals defense on the ground. And it, it nearly cost them. Yeah. The Bengals run defense. Uh, actually, I, 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 t- I totally should have said that as their best thing because their run defense was exceptional. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's the worst part of their part of the Rams, you know, Super Bowl right there was that they had no running game. And on top of that, to piggyback off of it, some of the Bengals' offensive calls, knowing that they had no running game, and then continuing to call run plays when when it was like it when it was the one score game. They, there was one time they were on the goal line. They needed like three yards for a touchdown and they called a run up the gut. And I was like, what are you doing? You have gotten like an average of less than one yard per run attempt. And you're, you're calling a run play. Yeah. Some of the, the, the play calling was questionable there. And I don't know if that was Sean McVay or OC or what, but. Yeah, it was, uh. They finally. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say what what they finally found that works was those those boot plays where Stafford runs off to the right. Um, and and those worked really well. They drew, they drew the defense. It let Stafford get the ball downfield. Yeah. But anyway, what and and, go ahead with your best. Uh, my best for the Rams was their last offensive drive, which I kind of touched on already a little bit or alluded to. Um, I tried to think back as far as I can remember in my Super Bowl Rolodex of memories of the best, uh, single drives to win a game I've seen in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And maybe outside of Pittsburgh's drive against Arizona in Super Bowl 43 with under two minutes left, uh, this drive put together by Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Uh, And I say those two because essentially they were the only two that touched the ball the entire drive Um, was probably one of the most impressive drives I've seen that I remember watching to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was after everything we've talked about with the Rams run game, they realized that they don't have a run game. All right. And that if they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be on their passing attack. And with, you know, Odell Beckham who got hurt earlier in the game, not in, Everybody in the free world knew that Matt used, that Matt was going to throw to uh, Cooper Cup, and they Absolutely. still couldn't stop it. I think Cup had like four or five catches on that drive, including the you know one yard uh, touchdown reception to to seal it at the end. Um, just unbelievable. They had him in double coverage, 
and he mm-hmm. still got out of it. They had him, you know, I mean, they tried everything they could against him and Cooper cup was just that good. Um, so it, it, first off, it's very nice to see that at least one NFC West team can win a Super Bowl by passing on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was unfortunately a thought that came to my mind when it happened. Um, and then, at, you know, also when that happened, I was happy to see that Cooper Cup got the Super Bowl MVP uh, because I think that it was well deserved. And I am not saying like that Aaron Donald didn't deserve it either, but what Cooper Cup did on that last drive, I mean, they, they couldn't have won the game without that. No, 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 no. Like by the definition of the term MVP, he was the most valuable player to them in that game, in that, uh, in those final moments. So uh, that was definitely my best for the Rams on what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I'm just so happy for Cooper cup. I'm happy for Matt Stafford that he finally got that ring after being in the league for 13 years. I'm happy for Aaron Donald. Um, and you know, whatever Aaron Donald's future holds after this game, which we'll get into a little bit here, but, uh, as begrudging as it is to say, as a Seahawks fan, I am happy for some of those guys on the Rams team that they have a trophy now. Yeah. That I think is awesome. Uh, yeah, how silly do you think Detroit fans or Detroit feels right now knowing that if they had not totally botched getting Matt Stafford a good coach, getting him teammates that can do something, that he, this is what he was capable of. Yeah, uh, it's like like it's like after a breakup, seeing your ex like immediately date a supermodel. I mean, that has to be what it feels like for Detroit right now because – stat like a year ago at this time we did our joint podcast with the get back guys Uh and one of the things we talked about was whether or not the rams won that trade by getting matt stafford from the lions because it had just happened super bowl week of last year and here we are a calendar year later and stafford's first year out of detroit he's got himself a championship like that's a bad look if you're the lions that's a really bad look um but i am super happy for Matt Stafford. I mean, he's a very deserving, um, as we've said many times before on the show, very talented quarterback, definitely one of the better ones in the league. And now he's got uh, some hardware to show for it. Yeah. I'm really happy for Matt Stafford. I think this is exceptionally deserved for him, especially with all the crap he's had to deal with in his career. Yeah. Talk about, and, and you know, I mean, it's just another list or another name in the long list of guys, unfortunately, that we can say Detroit wasted their talent and wasted their prime, you know, put him up there with Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, we're not here to talk about the lions, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good Super Bowl. I know there's been a lot of discussion about the refing. I thought the refing was all right. Uh, there's some questionable, questionable calls, I'd say, and you know the one big miss. But that being yeah. said, outside of that, I thought it was pretty competent refing. They mostly let him play. But anyway, yeah. let's talk about Aaron Donald. I that's the that's the big story I think right now. Is is he going to retire? God, uh, he's got so. his ring. I hope so. He's, he's got all the accolades. He's literally in, I'd say still in his prime. 
and I think he's probably thinking about like preserving his body, preserving his health. And I think he, I think he goes out on top. He was talking about retirement before this. I think he's got everything. And I mean, oh my gosh, his post-game interview, you could tell the emotions. Oh man, it was I, awesome. he was crying. That's I think a hundred percent he I think he ends up calling it. And yeah, uh, and you know, I as a as the resident Seahawks fan, I advocate that. I advocate Aaron Donald retiring. Um quit be done terrorizing offensive lines in the NFC West. You've done it all, my guy. You got your ring. Um, go out on top right off into the sunset. I would love to see it um, for many reasons. Hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I, and I agree with you. I think he will. I think that, you know, once kind of the, the hubbub of the Super Bowl dies down a little bit here in the coming weeks and he has time to really think about his future. Uh, I think he will too. I think he'll probably hang him up. Uh, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked no, to, I, to see he, him come back. Def- and I mean, the Rams are obviously a really good team, and they've got to be one of the favorites again going into this coming season. So if he, you know, the, the idea of maybe running it back and going back to back could be enticing to him and be enough to bring him back. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Um. I, yeah, I, I, I think he retires. I think he goes out being the best. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I kind of, I kind of get that feeling also. Um, and I guess, you know, that that's going to be, we're entering the speculation part of football season. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's it, tough. You can't, uh, you can't uh, do that. Uh, no, you can't, but it was a part of football off season last year that, uh, you nailed pretty well. You called a lot of things right in the uh, what's going to happen next part of the football year. You got the Carson <laughs> Wentz thing right going to Indy. Uh, yeah, you, you were pretty on top of things. You were kind of like the Oracle. So I hope you're right on this one. I hope that Donald hangs him up and calls it a career. Yeah, I think it's it's very, 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 very likely. Yeah. But we'll we'll see, man. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see what both of these teams do here in the offseason. Um, obviously, as you know, uh, being the defending champs, it's going to be, the Rams are going to be the team to beat next year. They're going to be the yep. team with the target on their back, and the Bengals are going to probably be the hungriest team uh, going into next year. So it's, I, of these two teams, I think it's more likely that the Rams get back to the big game than the Bengals do. Um, I'm not going to say the Bengals were a flash in the pan team this year. Cause I think this is a legitimate foundation for uh, a strong team for years to come. But I just think the AFC right now is a lot tougher than the NFC in terms yeah. of those teams at the top. So uh, the Bengals kind of ran the gauntlet this year and got through some of the best uh, to be able to do it again next year. Those are going to be really tough. So I would, uh, of these two teams, like I said, I would probably peg the Rams getting back before I would the Bengals, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything to add to that. I agree. Okay, I really cool. agree. Cool. Um, I think the Bengals make playoffs, but I don't know that they go beyond. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, cool. So, uh, 
I, a little birdie, that little birdie is you actually moments before we recorded <laughs> told me that you recently watched a, a movie we had once brought up on the show and you have some thoughts. I sure did. Uh, so tell, tell the good people what you thought of a uh, home team. That's what it's called. Yes. So it, the one, the only Kevin James. Yes. Sean Payton. <laughs> uh, correct. So home team, for those of you that don't know, I think we mentioned it on the podcast a while back. At some point. It was announced. Yeah, we did. Um, is a, a Happy Madison or whatever's, whatever Adam Sandler's company's called movie starring Kevin James about Sean Payton and Bounty Gate and how he, he basically coped with, with the fallout of that personally. Which, for those of you that don't know, he went back to his hometown where his ex-wife and son lived and, and ended up coaching his son's middle school or his middle school age football team. Uh, and, and yeah, Kevin James actually, I would say does a fairly good job of playing Sean Payton. Okay. To be a hundred percent honest. I think he does a pretty good job. Interesting. The movie overall, um, I think stays fairly true to the story, but but I'm I'm gonna come. Uh, this is what I'm gonna say. Home team seems like a movie that wants to be a serious, you know, a serious retelling of a serious matter, but someone that's too goofy made the movie. So in amongst these like serious moments of like, oh my gosh, my kid doesn't want anything to do with me um i'm getting too too wrapped up in this coaching and i'm ignoring what's supposed to be fun about football at this age and then you've got fart jokes and puke jokes and all these other stupid things it's like if they if they had stuck to like the one and like um rob schneider kind of plays the uh sean payton's ex-wife's uh new husband the new husband and he does okay. Like he's not over the top goofy or anything. They work him into one of the overtop jokes, I'll say. Um, but like he he would have been fine as comic relief. He's like the hippie guy that doesn't know anything about football. And I thought that would have been fine. And at, at the first, that's kind of the way it seems like it's going. And there's some light humor throughout that's just like, oh haha. Sean Payton had to live in a hotel. That sucks. And then it just, yeah, there's some really dumb stuff that I think if they had left it out would have been a lot better. Um, I have not seen it yet, as you know. Yeah, um, watch it and let me know what you think. I think it's 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 okay. I saw the trailer for it not that long ago, and I kind of like didn't know what to think of it. Like, it's just I I mean I obviously uh, someone who hasn't seen it, I still think the casting choice to have Kevin James be Sean Payton is a little odd um, to say the least, but if you say he plays him moderately well, I'm, you know, going to go into it with a positive attitude as far as that goes. Uh, I watch it. I would definitely will. I love a sports movie, even if it's not a good one. Uh, What would you, what would you rate it though on the, you're, you're the teacher here. What grade would you give it? I'd give it a C plus C plus. Okay. Yeah, it has good parts, but there's room. There's definite room for improvement. Passing, but not with flying colors. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I might need something to do this weekend. Be bored enough to commit a couple hours of my life to that movie. It's on Netflix, right? 
It is. It is a Netflix movie. I will have to check it out. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a very serious uh, time in the history of the league and the Saints to put into a movie. So to add comedy to it is definitely um, a choice. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it is a choice. Uh, I don't know if it was the right choice, but it was a choice. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I know you said, uh, you told me before we got on uh, the air tonight, you were like, oh, he's like, I, I saw this movie and I definitely have some thoughts I think we, uh, I need to talk about on the show. So I was like, yeah, mm. by all means, man, by all means. Uh, and uh, the other thing that you brought up that you thought would be good to discuss, a little bit of NBA news. We might be late on some of it, but uh, some trades. Oh, we're definitely late. <laughs> Oh, definitely late, but, uh, you know, it's been very football centric over the last couple of months. So, uh, it's a good, uh, good to talk about another sport for a little bit. Some big time trades though, that went down before the deadline. Uh, I'll take the first one cause it affects me the most. I say, as if I actually have stake in the Portland trail blazers, I feel I emotionally do. Uh, they traded away one of my best players, uh, one of my my best, one of my favorite players. But. Yeah, I was I was gonna say. Sorry, I am I'm not the owner of the Trailblazers, <laughs> um, but they did they they traded away one of my favorite players, CJ McCollum, to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, um, and I'm not I can't say I'm shocked by it uh, because the the Blazers have not had a good year this year, well under 500. Uh, barely staying afloat for the playoff chase. And that's only because the NBA recently implemented that, you know, four game play-in thing. Uh, last mm-hmm. I checked the NBA standings, the Blazers were uh, like the number 10 team. So it would be the last team in into even to that playoff thing or that play-in series. So I don't know. It didn't surprise me that they traded him away. It's kind of what teams do uh when they're for lack of a better term waving the white flag on the season and that's kind of what i feel like portland is doing yeah Uh, just because they are playing for a lottery pick now Uh, they still have dame although he's only been playing about half our games he's been on the bench for half of them just because of injury and and damian lillard said you know after his injury he said i don't want to come back to play if we're not playing for a playoff spot, he said, I think it'd be silly for me to risk injury, uh, further injury, if we're just playing for a playoff spot. And, you know, with the new coach that Portland has to this year in Chauncey Billups, the move doesn't surprise me. It sucks to see. I'm kind of surprised they sent him to another team that's not contending for a playoff spot right now in New Orleans. They're actually worse than Portland. So uh, they did get some draft picks out of the deal. They did get some bench level players out of the deal, but, I don't know. I'm kind of salty about it. So I'm not going to say the trade was worth it right now. We'll see what those draft picks turn into, but that was, that, that one sucked. (laughs) I'll say, yeah, I know you were, you were upset on Twitter. I know I was, and I, you know, I found out, I didn't find out until my brother texted me about it. I had no idea it had happened. And I got a text from my brother one morning and he said, what the heck are the trailblazers doing? And I honestly thought we traded Dame away. I was like, Oh, oh you no. were you were at that stage, huh? I thought that it was the big one because I'm still like I'm not this year, obviously, now that the deadline's passed, but I still it's always a nagging thought in the back of my mind that you know 
we just talked about how Detroit wasted Matt Matt Stafford's talent. I think that Portland has done that to Damian Lillard, and I wouldn't be surprised if any day now he ends up somewhere else. And I'm just so nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's what I thought it was, and so I checked the news. No, it was CJ McCollum, our second best player, one of my favorites, uh, gone to the Pelicans. Yep. Yep. But it is what it is. That's what happens. It'll it'll be okay. And then uh, I know. And then your Nets did something too. Yeah, they traded away uh, the beard. They did. Um, which apparently he he really wanted that trade and was embarrassed to ask for it because he's like, well, I just asked for a trade to a different franchise. Last Should year. I really do it again? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he said that he thought it would be a bad look to do that uh, for his and second I, year. And I row. think it is a bad look, but I think it's also probably fine that he's not on the team anymore. The man, as I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's a locker room cancer. Kind of glad he's gone. I think he's just chasing championships at this point. And yeah, well, he might. I don't know. Philadelphia got him. He went to the Sixers, and he's with Embiid now, which is going to be. Uh, you know, I mean, they could be quite the tandem, but you guys got old Ben Simmons, who I quite frankly think might be worse for the locker room than James Harden. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the Nets are cooked right now. Yeah, I think it's uh, – I'm not going to say for sure. still kind of early to make playoff guesses as far as that goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets are a first-round eliminated team this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so both of our teams did something we weren't super – uh on board with we'll say at the at the trade deadline uh but yeah and then uh in the nba also uh, one mr Kyrie irving <laughs> you wanted yeah, to talk he, about that also yeah the the uh, consequences of his actions are are coming uh he i think what did i read he's able to play out of like the last games he's able to play like five maybe six because yeah. he can't play at home because he refuses to get vaccinated and doesn't he like refuse to wear a mask or something like that i don't know what his mask thing is but yeah he won't get the vaccine and you know we've said it on the show many times before man you do you when it comes to that uh but you got you the state of new york city in new york has rules and those rules are that you know you have to be vaccinated if you're going to be in an indoor space with X number of people. Right. And that's uh, you know, he can't play home games in Brooklyn and it's costing the nets dearly this year, honestly, like they're not, they're not the, I mean, they're still a very good team, but they're not the juggernaut we saw last year. I don't remember what your guys' record is right now. I think it's uh, yeah. You're just above 500. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we have to play for a play in right now. Uh, yeah, you would. You're, it looks like you're the eighth spot in the East at the moment. And that would be one of the playing spots. The Nets are 30 and 27. And, um, I don't know off the top of my head what their record was this time last year, but it was a lot better than that. I mean, they were the team to beat last year in the league. Uh, they were the one seed in the East when they hit the playoffs if I remember correctly. And so not having Kyrie Irving for half the games essentially is uh, huge. And the Nets are on a heck of a losing streak right now too. I mean, they've only mm-hmm. won one of their last 10. So yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of uh, 
kind of a crappy situation to put his team in, honestly. Yeah, it is not an ideal situation. Um, but it's his decision, I guess he's got to be the one that's okay with it. Yep, yep. And I mean, I think he is, honestly, I think he is. So uh, interesting stuff to keep tabs on as the NBA playoffs get closer uh, as they are on the horizon, at least. Um, but yeah, a little bit of uh, NBA drama as well. So it, it isn't just Eli Apple that's getting all the uh, the ire right now. He's, ju- he's just getting the bulk of it. Yeah. And yeah athletes are a funny funny group sometimes yep when their whole life gets put on display for the rest of us it's like a never-ending soap opera sometimes yep uh we didn't do shout out yet uh unless we worked them into our super bowl talk i don't know i don't um but no my shout out is going to be uh the dynamic announcing duo of al michaels and chris collinsworth man yeah, what a great job they did. Uh, it might have been their last game together, and if it was, what a way to go out, what a game to call. Um, I've always loved Al Michaels. He's always been my favorite announcer in all of sports. Uh, definitely has called some of the most historic sports moments um, in U.S. history, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. Collinsworth is a guy who definitely has grown on me early on. I didn't like him as much uh i mean i guess i had nothing against the guy i just didn't like his style of announcing mm. um i like the intensity though he brings to the booth i like the passion you can tell he has a passion for the game and being a former cincinnati Bengals receiver how cool was that for him to get a call uh the super bowl with the Bengals in it for the first time since 1988 yeah so that was awesome um so shout out to those two if that really was their last game together um what a way to end it um and just another flawlessly called game by al michaels i mean there was no slip-ups there was no the guy is a seasoned vet seasoned vet he's like al michaels is like 77 i think yeah like which is crazy like you wouldn't know it by looking at the guy or listening to the guy like just yeah that's my shout out this week it's a good one it's a good one um my shout out i mean it's it's got to be kind of basic but to aaron donald and then uh oh boy uh whitfield or what yeah whitfield on the yeah. on the rams yeah being able to get their rings after such you know amazing careers another guy who might retire now after the you know since this is i up. i think it's uh almost a hundred percent that he retires yeah i mean dude's in his 40s uh he's put in some some work for the rams over the last uh several years i mean he's been a heck of an offensive lineman for them walter payton man of the year too this year yeah uh so kudos to him um kudos to aaron donald kudos to the rams uh but the way i'm looking at it as a seahawks fan the super bowl's over everyone's zero and zero again new season starts now (laughs) new season starts now yeah but will it be a good season for the seahawks there's a lot of questions to answer that we will answer at a later date. I'm not ready to tackle those questions right now. I am for one shocked that <laughs> you don't want to answer those questions now. It's the same question. I mean, some of them are the same questions we were asking this time last year. Is Russell Wilson going to be there? 
Uh, are we going to finally address offensive line issues in the draft? I, I just don't want to rehash all of that uh, at this time. I have no further comment at this time. That's how I'm going to say it. Fair enough. Um, we will we will see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, unless you've got anything else, sir, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I, I wanted to share a cool experience I had, uh, All right. last week. I, um, and if you're from a small town, you, you'll probably understand that this, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say a big deal. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but it's kind of a cool thing. I actually got to announce our, our senior night, uh, lineups and like all the thanks and all that stuff. The, no the way. Speech. Yeah. You never told me that. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to announce senior night. That was super cool. Um, this this class too is the first class I taught as freshman here in in Hot Springs. So it was really cool to be able to announce their last home game. That's awesome. Um, so did you get a call like the whole game? Like no, no, just I did the like the our starting lineup for your Hot oh, Springs Savage. Dude, that's awesome though. We're gonna have to add that to your list of uh, what you're the. This what, what did we call yourself? The drip aficionado. Aficionado. You're the drip aficionado for the expansion buddies. You're now a resident PA announcer. Um, yeah, I've been doing like the starting lineups for for most of the basketball season, and then I got asked to uh, to do the the senior night announcing, and uh, yeah, it was it was super cool. How how come this is the first I'm hearing of it? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Congrats. Uh, have you ever, I have to ask, have you ever mispronounced the name or did you make oh, sure? I'm, I'm sure. I, I usually checked with the coaches beforehand, <laughs> make sure I was getting names right, but I'm, I'm sure I got something wrong. There's no way I didn't. Hey, if no one's corrected you, uh, I would say that is a, a perfect record in my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. A lot of fun. Congrats. Congrats. That's awesome. So is your, is your high school's basketball team, uh, done with the regular season yet? Um, pretty much we've got, um, yeah, yeah, no, we are done with the regular season this Thursday teams start their district games. And then after that, it'll be divisionals tournaments, tournament times, always fun for high school basketball. It was always one of my favorite times of year. Um, yeah. Talking about, uh, high schools my alma mater uh last i heard only had one loss all season wow that's impressive that's crazy for uh little old lewistown montana for fergus high school because uh our basketball team was never anything to write home about when i went to school there so the fact that they could be on their way uh to make a run at states pretty awesome so yeah that's super cool yep yeah what do you think their chances look like I don't know. Uh, you know, like any tournament, I guess, like any postseason uh, situation, it's always a different monster when you get there. But I think their chances to at least get to state are better than they have been in a while. I mean, I, I don't know any of the kids that play for that team anymore. I don't really follow them outside of what I hear from my folks. But uh, from everything I've heard, they've got a pretty good shot this year. So 
fun. That's fun, good. That's good. Yeah. Fun time of year. I love, I love basketball tournament time and pretty soon. I mean, the next big thing on our uh, big time sports radar is going to be March madness. And we're going to have to do the whole bracket thing again. Another thing that you absolutely nailed last year in making your predictions, by the way, <laughs> I nailed a couple of them. Hey, I still think you're the only person in America that picked uh, Ohio to win their first round game. I don't even remember who they played. I think it was like Purdue or something. And I, I know that you were the only one of us that picked them. And I, I don't think too many people picked them. So I, I still will uh, be impressed over that. And we're going to do the same thing we did this last year. We're going to do the, uh, the, the bracket prediction. And then we're going to do the mascots. Cause that was fun. Talking yeah, about yeah, which yeah. Team had the best mascots. So, speaking of good basketball teams uh, in March Madness, our alma mater, college, Montana State, uh, top of the conference right now. And according to Bracketology's uh, bracket prediction that they update every Friday, Bracketology. That's what it's called. That's what it's <laughs> called. Uh, they have the Cats in the tournament this year. As nice. That'll be as, sweet. As a 14 seed with a projected matchup against UCLA, <laughs> which yikes, but we'll get to all of that down the road as March gets closer. Uh, for now, uh, I want to thank all of our outstanding listeners out there for tuning into us for another week, another hopefully enthralling episode of the expansion buddies podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening, for tuning in, wherever you tune in from, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, the can on a string. We really appreciate all of you guys listening. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, even if they already listened to us, tell them to listen more. Um, tell them to listen more. Exactly. Uh, thank you, Justin, for once again, knocking out another fantastic episode of this show. We love doing it for all you listeners out there. Um, and congrats again on the PA announcing stuff. That's pretty awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah. 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 No problem. And until next week, I've been Jared. That's been Justin. And never forget. Party like it's 1976.